Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today, we have great guest Jason Shockey, uh, who is CISO, and we're going to say it an undisclosed company because that's that's not what we're going to focus on today, but also the founder at My Cyber Path with a unique mission, something that uh, I appreciate and we're going to unpack here a little bit, um, but uh, how to validate who's who and who you should be listening to is kind of what it is in terms of, but in terms of helping people determine where they want to be with their career um, and what that means uh, with some personality matching, things like that. Jason, welcome today. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Chris. And uh, this topic, uh, I think we can, we can talk on this for a while because I've always been interested in this uh, classification um, and how we determine and as having a lot of students at universities also, they want to know, well, where do I fit in? Cybersecurity seems to be this big thing that I, you know, has all kinds of different fields in it. Everybody here talks, says something different. They do something entirely different. What, what is it that I'm getting myself into? And what classes should I take? Was the big question at the university. You know, what, you know, there's three or four degrees. Should I be a designer? Should I be a data analysis? Should I be a network person? Should I... You know, there's just different ways to get in and look at it as far as training. And you look at it in terms of the education and the personality part. What do you, what should a person be doing? Anyway, I probably talked too much here at the beginning. Tell us about yourself though, Jason. Yes, I grew up in a little town in uh, <clears throat> Northern California called uh, Petaluma, um, an hour north of San Francisco. Uh, went to Chico State, majored in chemistry. And in 1999, I went into the Marine Corps. I uh, started out as a telecommunications officer, which is information technology. And then from there, added uh, computer network defense, as it was termed back then. Now it's defensive cyberspace operations, or DCO. And then layered on uh, offensive cyberspace operations, OCO, and then cyber threat intelligence uh, within that. And then from there, I ran some high-performance teams within the military, uh, retired uh, after 20 years of active duty in the Marine Corps in 2019 and then served as a chief information security officer for a publicly traded company in Morristown, New Jersey. And now I'm a virtual CISO in Columbia, Maryland. Um, and along that time, I started uh, my cyber path because what I wanted to do was find pathways for myself on how to become a master in cybersecurity. Could I become a master in cybersecurity? I want to be an expert. How do I do that? Mm -hmm. So I started searching for these pathways that didn't exist. So near the end of my career of, of 20 years in the Marine Corps, I said, I you know, need to get back to the community because I did find or I created pathways and wanted to send these back down, you know, send the elevator back down to see if it would help other people. Um, and what I created was mycyberpath.com and uh, the 12 work roles that I abstracted from everyone that I had seen with the various title, kind of like the things that you were talking about earlier. Am I an infrastructure architect? Am I a data scientist? Am I you know, uh, a network engineer. Well, all of those various titles can be abstracted into about 12 work roles. Mm -hmm. And that's the LISTO framework. So leadership, intelligence, supporting technology, and operations. So I made these 
pathways to help people get the right amount of, you mentioned education earlier. There are three other elements that I think are needed for people to become experts in cybersecurity. That's certifications, experience, training, and education, and how those four things are applied and sequenced throughout somebody's career can make them an expert or help them become an expert. Yeah. So if we look at that, unpack that a bit, um, help them become an expert. And I always, you know, many people might've heard me say that it's like being an expert's all we have to sell in cybersecurity because it's really about us giving our opinion almost in every one of the roles you can get into in cybersecurity. It's about being a trusted opinion. You're giving that opinion either to your company or to another organization or as a consultant and whatnot. Um, and determining who to listen to because that we're all experts. We're all selling expertise. We're all experts in our company. Determining who to listen to becomes now the thing that we have problems as an industry defining. Um, we oftentimes we listen to whatever general got out of whatever three letter, letter agency the most recently, right? So every three years we change who we listen to, but that, well, let's unpack that a little bit when we get back from hearing from our sponsors, um, and we'll be right back in a minute. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier, talking to Jason Shockey, the founder of My Cyber Path, and helping people determine where they fit in the cyber industry. Uh, before the break, I think I had went off on a little bit of a, a rant about, you know, who do we listen to? Who is the expert? You're like, we're helping everybody be the next, next expert, the expert in the industry, but how do we determine who that person that we listen to is? So give me your thoughts on that in general. I mean, if we as an industry say we want to listen to an expert, yeah, so generally speaking, there are levels of experts. So a lot of people, you know, I like to use sports analogies because I grew up playing sports and a lot of people can identify that with that. So if you take, and I, and I found this when I started um, in the Marine Corps as an officer, you know, you're, you're a leader and you lead people. Uh, you, you can be in the Marine Corps, you can be at any other organization, but people are people, regardless of where you go. Leadership is, is leadership. Uh, there's varying flavors of leaders. Um, of course, because each personality type is different. And that's how that's a that's actually one of the things that we built into mycyberpath.com was that personality matching algorithm. But back on the expertise and the levels of expertise. So as a leader in the Marine Corps, what I found over 20 years was once you start leading leaders, it's very hard to tell who's good at their job. Because we're all doing IT, we're all doing IT operations, we're doing cybersecurity, and we're doing cyberspace operations, OCO, DCO, and, and uh, cyber threat intelligence. So how do you determine who's good at what? That's very difficult. And that is where I started looking at, okay, other degrees of what people are good at. So I shouldn't say uh, degrees, but intangibles. So who should I listen to? 
you know, and that, you know, establishing that trust factor is, is very critical right off the bat. What kind of person is coming at me? You know, who, who am I interacting with? Then it's going to be over time, the answers that they provide and the work that they do day in and day out will describe their level of expertise. Now, that isn't something that you can put your finger on, and it's difficult to identify who an expert really is, but that over time, they'll be able to show their kind of, you can imagine it as a portfolio of expertise. And, you know, everybody's going to have a portfolio of expertise because they're, they're the best in the room, right? They're the smartest person in the room. But, you know, you have to look at what have they done, and then how do they articulate that? And then how can they, you know, think strategically to take it to the next step? It's not just hey, focus on everything that I've done in the past and I'm just going to ride that. How can you take what you've learned and, you know, operate within this dynamic space that is cyber and then, you know, use that knowledge to actually uh, project what you think is going to happen in the future? So a short answer would be there are varying levels of expertise. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's our job as leaders to figure out how to guide those experts based on their personality and their limitations and strengths to get them to the next level. So then we can have those high experts and the medium experts and then maybe a foundational expertise. Okay. So we'll, we'll, maybe we'll come back to the, the expert question because sometimes I think that um, it's just a matter of he who markets the best and he who pokes the most holes in the competition. It, and a lot of times is what I've seen in the industry. Um, narrative plays a big role. That is true. Yeah. Self-narrative type of thing. What's show? Yes shameless promotion right here this is what we do right um but we try to to do it with a little bit of light in the situation and almost a little bit of sarcasm to say well you know what is it that we should be doing um Mm -hmm. but now we look at the personality type uh, testing type of thing that is interesting to me because everybody um not every you know people you talk to in cyber they all do something so different and uh you could find your home within the cybersecurity field that's entirely different than most other people's and most people are like that but you've put together a criteria testing based on personality what and you said 12 personality types is that what you put together uh, well there's five personality traits and then 12 cyber work roles that we put, pulled from you know NIST nice the NIST nice framework cyberseek mm-hmm. and then monster ziprecruiter and linkedin all the other job titles so five personality uh, traits and then 12 work roles. So what are your personality traits? Can you list those, the five? Uh, yeah, it's openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. So that's ocean. Those are the big five. And we uh-huh. use something from the University of Texas, the 10-item personality inventory, uh, the TIPI. Uh-huh. And what happens when somebody goes to my cyber path is that they uh, log into the website, uh-huh. they take their personality assessment, and then they're matched through our algorithm to one of those 12 roles in the Listo framework. And the reason why that we focused on the personality was for this reason. Over my time of seeing so many different types of people um, in my role as a leader in the Marine Corps and as a CISO was, to, to your point, there are so many different types of uh, you know job functions. So when somebody says they're a, a, a data scientist, that's more of a function than a title because you can have any sort of title. I mean, you could be the VP of engineering and still be a data scientist during your day, daily job. So one of the things that I found was people would get burned out and they didn't like their job. They didn't like what they were doing. They would say, I want to do something else. And they, you know, either have poor performance at work and then they get, you know, um, issued out of the Marine Corps or, you know, excused from their, their job at, at the corporation. But I, I looked at my, at, at the data and said, well, wh- why is this happening? And then this is empirical evidence. It's 
these people were unhappy because their personalities weren't matched to the job, the work role itself, of what they might be doing. So that was that abstracted view that I took from all of the job titles that I found. And then, you know, it helps people figure out who they are. First off, not many people know actually who they are. Mm-hmm. The Big Five helps kind of identify what that, what they, who they are um, from the personality perspective. And then taking those, those scores that we have and then assigning those to each of those work roles. And it allows them to actually, you know, be more comfortable in their daily job. Like an example from the Listo framework is cyber leader. So if you're an auditor, you have a specific personality type. If you are someone who can code for hours at a time, that's a specific personality type. If you don't like to talk to people, you know, you're introverted, you might be good at coding and that's fine, you know, because people are different. And that's why we wanted to focus on the personality traits, match them to the work roles that people can understand in the 12 work roles instead of the, the, you know, the, the 500 that are out there that somebody might come up with a a fictitious name and say, Hey, we need a data scientist architect. Well, Mm -hmm. okay. I'm just made that up, but what does that even mean? You know, Mm -hmm. what do you want that person to do? So you're hiring a person that's trained to do a specific job to solve a problem. You're not hiring somebody that has a specific certification. You need the cert, the experience, the training and the education to get somebody who's a critical thinker to then solve problems for your company. And not one and done either. You don't want to hire somebody for one year and then get rid of them. I mean, there's a specific business case for that. But you want to get your core of, of workers should be problem solvers. Interesting. So um, when I heard you say the five things you were testing for, the personality traits, mm-hmm. some of them didn't sound like appealing to me. Like, I don't know if I'd want to be ranked as that. Uh, do you, uh, do you, did, I mean, and just, I think especially there was like two of them. I was like, I cringed. I was like, wow, if somebody said that about me, if I tested that way, I wouldn't feel positive about it. What, what do you think about those roles that you, you know, those kind of categories? Yeah. So those, th- those big five traits are mm-hmm. what everybody has. Everyone has some degree of those um, more so in, in one of the five or, or some of the five than others. The users at mycyberpath.com never see those. Okay. That's kind of behind the scenes. That's part of the algorithm. They're, they're just, and on the top, it says explicitly, do not answer what you think you should be or what you want to be. Answer what you actually are. Mm-hmm. Because that, that is going to be key 10 years down the line when you're working at a company doing, you know, if you're an infrastructure architect or you're doing, you're the director of engineering, you're going to want to be happy because a lot is riding on the next 10 years. So um, those, those, are, those are behind the scenes. And that's what, you know, the, the uh, psychology has, you know, pulled these big five traits out. And then those generally apply to every human being. And that's what we wanted to focus on, the humans, mm-hmm. to close the cybersecurity workforce gap based on their personality. Interesting. So, and you said that's a test done at University of Texas? Mm-hmm. And it, what's, it. what's the name of it? Uh, the TIPI, the 10-Item Personality Inventory. Interesting. All right. Well, we're going to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back, and uh, you can check into that and uh, My CyberPath. We'll be right back to talk to Jason some more after we get back from our sponsors. Be right back.
Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today, talking to Jason Shockey, uh, the founder of My CyberPath. Uh, before the break, we got into you know how the that their algorithm behind the scenes works, some testing they use that you might can look up if you want to understand how it works under the hood. Uh, but I, rem- you, you had mentioned um, people not liking what they do, and uh, I, you know, I like to put out there. I, I've been in that situation. I remember being uh, a cybersecurity. I guess, architect for several years, applications, engineering, designing, cryptology. And then I went to work for one of the big consulting companies. uh, And uh, they put me in this role of basically like an auditor. And it was like being an accountant. And I remember sitting in the parking lot of one of the clients and I couldn't make myself get out of the car to go in. I hated what I did so bad. So I've I've been in that burnout situation. And, uh, when when you you talked about people in the military being like that and being kind of pushed out, and it so didn't fit my personality. If something like this existed, it might have been something to that would have helped me at that point, or even before I got to that point. So, how does somebody know that they're heading down a path of of burnout, and they before they get there that they might want to just try something different? Yeah, I think there there are two elements to answer the the, the first. You know, the, the question right on the top is that people get put into situations that they're, they're going to have to do something that they don't like for at least a little bit of time. I mean, the Marine Corps is a very it, it's a difficult job, but it's a, it's a good job. It's a good career to have. I mean, you're going to go through a lot of uh, difficult times, uh, strenuous uh, days, but those are good. Those actually, you know, they say it builds character. It actually, you know, it truly does. You have to go through. Um, what helps is, is stoicism. So if you use stoicism to, to get through those hard times, knowing that good times will be after the bad times, then you can use that to say, I'm never going to be an auditor again. So you can get to where you want to be, where you exactly ideally want to be by knowing where you don't want to go again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that's just the, the answer and the question on the top. The, the question behind that, I think, is when I, when I was in high school, they, they gave us these tests to, to, to ask us what we wanted to do. And they weren't really personality tests. They were just kind of like, what are you interested in? You know, I was interested in math and science. So it gave me electrical engineer, civil engineer, and then some other thing, another engineering type things. And I said, oh, you know, what's electrical engineering? Well, I had to go to another system to go get that. And then I had to go to another system and, you know, kind of walk through that, but varying systems. Mm-hmm. Nothing like mycyberhub.com existed back then. And we still don't think that, that we found in our research exists today, except there. And, and it allows people to see, I'm in my current state, where can I go to mm-hmm. a future state across those 12 work roles? What can I do in cybersecurity? Because when people say that they want to be in cybersecurity, it's kind of like seeing they want to be in the medical field. It's a big field. And if you don't have a direction, then you're just going to wander aimlessly and waste a lot of time and be frustrated. So my cyber path is this kind of, you can imagine the 12 you know, avenues to get to their end goal and it, it it you know we're we're just starting out but this has a lot of potential because people come and ask me all the time what should i do i, I want to get into cybersecurity, and you open the show like that too what, what classes should i take mm-hmm. well that depends on what kind of person you are and where you want to end up in 20 or 30 years now that's not an easy question to, to answer but my cyber path gives you at least the light at the end of the tunnel and the tunnel to say i'm matched towards this tunnel, uh, you know, one of those 12 tunnels to get to that end result, yeah. that end goal. How many people actually, I mean, if, if I thought early in my career, 
I didn't think about where I wanted to go as much as what was the next thing? How could I do an improvement in your career? And it wasn't until I got somewhere where I didn't want to be that I started thinking like you're talking right now. Yeah. How many people actually preemptively say, let me plan ahead versus like, whoa, I went down the wrong way. Now let's try to do damage control. What do you see? Very, very few people can do that. I, you know, I only found it because I had to walk through it, you know, a lot like you did where it was. I know where I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I had the vision of, you know, back in, in 2006, okay, I, I want to be an expert. I don't know if I can be, but I'm, I'm going to do everything that I can to, to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the three areas that we're looking to change the cybersecurity industry is high school, college, and then career transition. Mm -hmm. So anybody in those categories, you know, 10, 11, and 12th grade, college, and then somebody that's out there that wants to either they're in the cybersecurity industry and they want to go to a different job, or they're in another industry and they want to get into cybersecurity, my path helps them actually do that. So the, to, to answer your question specifically, it's the people that identify those who might not know, mentors, coaches, parents, teachers, those kinds of people, and companies as well. So anybody that can you know, influence somebody else into the cybersecurity industry that might not know what's available to them, mm -hmm. this is perfect for them as well, because then they can say, for, take, take teachers, for example. I'm, a, um, I'm, I'm, I'm an 11th grade teacher, and I need to um, help these kids get into cybersecurity. But the teachers, that I shouldn't say all teachers, many teachers don't know how to teach cybersecurity, don't know cybersecurity, or know what's available with, for the kids in cybersecurity. My cyberbelt can be used by those institutions to actually guide them to say, oh, okay, I know the certifications, awareness, training, and education that you should have or are best based on these people that have been in the military with these clearances and they've, you know, walked through this and walked down these paths. This might help you as well. Get this certification. And then that will get them on the road to say, oh, yeah, I want to be a, uh, you know, I want to be a data architect or I want to be a, um, uh, a Google Cloud uh, developer. You know, mm -hmm. and th those are specific certifications in a pathway, but that's, you know, infrastructure, that's uh, architect. So there's specific roles that uh, they can actually focus on. So it sounds like the best way to go about, uh, you know, bringing this to the people that need it is maybe working through school districts, through high schools, through counselors, through mm -hmm. career, even placement agencies, and yeah. getting that uh, kind of that one at a time, that drip of we're talking to the people that know they need to help people get some direction and have a large group of people that kind of they service. Yeah. Yes. And one of the things that we're, we're focusing on is um, just that the organizations that actually already have inroads into the high schools and they're legally vetted, we're working with them to say, here, here's an added feature for you because they are, they have a lot of mentors and they have a lot of K through 12, you know, learning management systems for cybersecurity and coding and tech. So we're partnering with them and we want, you know, anybody that can come to us, we think this can apply to basically any human being to close the cybersecurity workforce gap. So those people that are already close to the students can use this within their own framework as an added feature. So their mentors can take those and then still help those kids without even leaving their environment. So those, those users are going to go to those, um, uh, those organizations and say, you know, I'd like to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. or X, Y, or Z, they don't know. Then they would say, okay, well, if you're interested in cybersecurity, take this, take this survey and then uh, the tippy, and then get your cybersecurity pathway. And then I'll walk you through where you should go from there, like the best school for them. 
because that's going to be uh, varying across personality traits as well. That's why we have so many uh, different types of training that people can use in the pathways tailored to their work role and to the person. And then there's another element. This has huge HR implications as well. When we talked about earlier, you know, you're hiring a person. Mm-hmm. A lot of companies will say uh, the hiring manager will get, hey, I need uh, you know, two tech people. And then HR will grab it and they'll grab some job description and, and okay, I need two tech people and then put it out on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a slew of different, you know, maybe 300 applicants. How do you ferret out those? Well, they can do the AI game and look for the play buzzword bingo and pull something out of the resume. But if this, if, if something like my cyber path was in front of that to say, we need to hire this type of work role, what kind of person is that? Mm-hmm. And then they'd be able to say, oh yeah, okay. You know, these five out of the 300 have, are, have the, are the most closest match to the work role that we want and also our business and company culture. Then they'd be able to hire for the longer term and it's less disruption for them. Interesting. So um, you have a, a way that, that people who want to know what their personality, how it fits, can, can fill out a form or take a test. Do you have the same or a different interface for the other end for people coming in and filling out and saying, I might need some people that are in your database. Let me fill out a questionnaire. Do you also have that kind of personality, business personality of what their needs are? Yeah, that's on the, that's on the roadmap. And the way that we're solving that now is that there's corporate pricing, meaning we can, we can work with people to actually show them the 12 and then the pathways that are there just based on if they want to do their own internal testing uh, to, to get their personalities or <clears throat> buy them in, in bulk to, to use for their, their workforce. So if they have a team that they want to level up, well, they can grab those pathways and say, oh yeah, I'm going to grow these uh, people within our company. We don't want to lose them. We want to, you know, help them along their, their journey to become, you know, the next generation of officers within the company. Yeah. They can use these pathways and then the training platforms that already exist to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So the, the vetting of companies is and, and coming in and maybe a list of what jobs are out there might, might come to match with the people that are there to, that have personalities that fit those jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had mentioned though, that there's the three categories, training skills and certifications and then providers. You're not actually a training provider, certification provider yourself, but you no. have a list of those that you work with, recommend, um, and everything. How do you go about making that, uh, that vetting, that, training provider, that certification provider to recommend them? Yeah. So across the certifications, experience, training, and education, the four elements that make up a cybersecurity master, within each of those elements are vetted and validated through empirical evidence, things that we found over the past, you know, 20 years of my career and, you know, decades of of my uh, um, uh, coup's career is that, you know, what people come to us throughout our careers had certain certifications, went to specific training, we would glean from them, okay, where did you go? Mm-hmm. What kind of training did you get? What's the best? So right now it's word of mouth and hopefully there's you know, some sort of data set that would rank each of these training platforms that would very much you know, help the community. Uh, but the way that we did it was, uh, which were the best people operating within those 12 work roles in their daily job? Where did they go train? And mm-hmm. that's the training uh, and the certifications that we put into the pathway. So that's you how you got you, you got from your user set from the experts or the the high level candidates that have been through the system what they how they ranked the training they got and that's how you vetted those. If exactly. somebody in a training company wanted to say, "Hey, I want to be listed with you," 
Uh, is there a criteria that you use for looking at somebody new and going through, check the box, do they do this, this, and this, and how do they rank? Is there anything you can you can bring to light on that? Yeah, I would say that the, the user base is going to play a big role in that. And not for the specific fact of, oh, it's got to be 12 million or we're not going to, 12 million users or we're not going to talk to you. It's the total amount of exposure that you could possibly take a representative sample from and say, okay, in that representative sample, how often do these users interact with that platform? And then also testimonials from you know, those users that have been through those platforms. Did you use it for your day job? Because if the, the worst kind of training is training that you don't use. That's, mm-hmm. that's a complete waste of time as far as you go through this training and then you don't apply it in your day job. That's, that's not training. That's, uh, I don't know, that's something else. So it would be the criteria that, that we use is, I would say, the user base and then the validation that they get from the users that have, have used the, uh, that, that training platform. Interesting. So it's definitely a, an interesting approach to getting a matching platform, almost almost like a, a dating platform yeah. here a little bit. Um, that adds that you're the like scenes. the eHarmony. You add the personality profile to it, right? Um, so right. in kind of wrapping up, uh, how would somebody reach out to you? How would they get a hold of you and uh, start to get more information about what you're doing? Yeah, uh, please visit uh, mycyberpath.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Or you can reach me at contact at mycyberpath.com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, LinkedIn uh, slash Jason. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world. But you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea... If you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at newcyberfrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.